0: Father, this night we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. We come together, different parts of the globe, different time zones. But we come together as one people, one body of Christ. And we look to you. We are living in the perilous times. The prophet spoke about by the Spirit. And we are living in those days, dark days, perilous days. And I pray, Lord, you will give us wisdom and discernment how to navigate through this. As you told through Joshua to the people, keep your eyes on the ark, for you have not gone this way before. True Lord, only you have gone this way before. You who sees the end from the beginning. None of us have any real clue what lies ahead. So even this night, help us to keep our eyes, our hearts, our minds fixed on you. That we keep holding your hand and take it one day at a time. By faith. Walk by faith. It's only one walk that can take us victorious to the other side. It is that walk of faith. So give us hearing ears, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 138 and verse 2. And we'll begin from there. 38 and verse 2. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. We start from there. You know, the past few days, practically all our days, we've been looking through the word at life, God, how to walk by faith. But especially past few days, evenings, I've been looking at. The Word, God has exalted something above everything else, that is His Word. And The only thing that will take us through the days in which we are living, or any age, if somebody came through victorious at the end, it was because they learned to lift His Word above every situation. And we have to learn how to magnify His Word about everything else. We are going through, I know it sounds repetitive, but we are going through the most unprecedented event mankind has ever seen. But the whole world has been shut down because of a virus you cannot see. Pandemic. Literally the whole world has been shut down. But that is what we see here with our eyes, the pictures all around the world. But there's something that is happening behind the scenes. I want that picture upon the screen. The coronavirus and the spiritual side of it. Actually, it looks beautiful <laughs> with all that color and everything, right? But it's not beautiful at all. But take a good look at it. If You you have seen this on our traffic posts and everything, even traffic cops wearing the helmet like this. But if you look at it closely, I'll tell you what it spiritually means to me. It looks like a human brain into which pins have been put. This is what is happening in the last days, what I call it, the spirits of mind blinding has been released. It's a complete mind-blinding that is taking place around the world. Around the world. And they're extremely successful because what is the visible sign every man, every woman, child has to have when you step out into the world? You Wear your mask. Meaning, symbolically meaning, shut up and listen to us. And also don't talk. Maintain your distance when you are in the public. You will see three things happening. One, minds are being controlled. Two, mass. These are all symbols, okay? Spiritual symbols of what is actually happening. Mass have been put. Don't talk and maintain six feet distance. Even if you a husband and wife maintain six feet distance. Let me tell you, The rest of the world has fallen in place. The whole world has fallen in place, except a little bit of resistance, only in U.S. The believers are too small in any other nation, every other nation, to make any difference. If any nation can bring this us out of this mess, it is U.S. Because you have a large number of people who are believers and who understand liberty and resistance. (coughs) Let me ask you this question. Who's the most powerful person, at least on paper, or even in reality on planet Earth? What is his name? Have you ever seen him wear a mask? Because he says, I refuse to get in line with the agenda of the system. Mm -hmm. Even in his press conferences, everybody is wearing a mask. He refuses to wear a mask because he knows the agenda behind this whole thing. I refuse to be silenced. Okay, understand, he's not in control. Though he's in control of parts, there is an entire system that is operating. Therefore, but we are small, we are very, very small, but we are powerful. The church is powerful all over the world if they understand. Our power is not physical, our power is not in numbers, our power is not in resistance physically, no. Our power is in resisting spiritually, because one can put a thousand to flee, two can put ten thousand. And this will only happen, everything is okay? This can only happen if church learns how to pray. That's why we are exalting the word above everything else. Because if we don't understand what is happening, we lift the word, we learn the patterns in the word of God, and we understand the power of God's word and how to pray. All our dreams and all these things we are making is all nonsense. There will be no careers left. There will be no education left. There will be nothing left. The whole thing they will control. They're making an entire, no, we are, we are being, we are being made, coerced through all kinds of new rules. And uh, made to follow. So the church needs to pray. And the believers needs to pray. Pray strategically that all the powers of darkness are bound. And the powers unseen and seen behind this are exposed. There are two people, I'll name it out public. Two people who are public faces behind this entire thing. One is Bill Gates. The other is Dr. Fauci. Very prominent faces. But they are all behind this agenda. So yesterday here, the president is trying to open up the country and this guy is supposedly quarantined and talking to the Senate and saying it should not be opened up. Okay. These are, these are all people who are part of this entire plot okay, and Bill Gates is welcomed as a VIP into all this world, but he's behind this entire vaccination, entire plot, all these plans, these people are involved in it, okay, and you have to read up to see what their plans and this thing, so the thing is that how does the church resist, we don't resist like people do on the streets, no, we resist this on our knees, that's how Daniel, that's one of the thing, the book of Daniel is a visible picture of one, what one praying man can change destinies of nations. And God reveals a man praying and a battle taking place over there and the battle is won because the man stops, doesn't stop praying. When a believing church arises and has discernment and refuses to stop praying, the battle will be won over there. So we see that also, that picture in the book of Revelation, that they overcame him. You don't have to go there by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There is a war taking place in the privacy. Everybody has been locked down. This is a time when people should put their minds and this thing away from everything. If you have online jobs like Rajan, do that. But after that, be on your knees and pray in the spirit all the time. Don't get distracted by because That's what the devil will do. He will distract you. And Jesus said, very wanted, very careful, very, very clearly, he said, the end will come suddenly, when everybody is building, thinking, I mean, basically everybody, what's their minds occupied with, what to build, what to eat, what to drink, school, education, career, job, every mind is occupied with this, and we don't realize. The people who are behind this, they are not thinking about any of these things. They are working overtime to bring the Antichrist into the picture, and God says, this end will come suddenly. The church would be so foolish to be caught up with their minds in all these things. The church would be strategically praying. And how do you see these pictures? Only through the word of God. Okay I'm just if that's not today 's message, the message will be about the Word of God. I'm saying that if we, otherwise we are just gathering knowledge without understanding what is happening. Look at all the people in the Bible, they knew what was happening. those who were strategic people in the Word of God, they knew what was happening and they understood this is my place in human history in time. I told you the whole world is controlled under the the sway of the evil one. there's nothing good in me and I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And the fourth thing, you got only this much time. Everybody is caught in time to fulfill a particular purpose of God in there. So Abraham knew. How did he know? Because God told him. Each one of them knew. They all knew their purpose. And they fulfilled God's purpose. Okay. So we have to understand our purpose. And that's what it basically means. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things we are worrying about. God said, don't worry about that. Focus on my kingdom. Because if the kingdom is coming, also remember the Antichrist kingdom is also coming. The anti of all the Antichrists is coming. There will be many, many Antichrists, but the big one is coming. And scripture is only one place it has promised, to the church in Philadelphia. Okay, that I will keep you from the trial that is coming upon the whole earth. So you want to escape or you don't want to escape, the whole thing is this, please remember. So, God has exalted his word above all his name. Let me try to give you a human example to explain this. Okay? There was Joseph in his father's house, the youngest of 11. Let's leave Benjamin out. His brothers hated him. They wouldn't even speak to him. They stripped him when they got the opportunity without the father, sold him. Now he's on a slave block in Egypt, sold as a slave, then condemned without trial, put into prison, forgotten, despised. And then one day, suddenly, he's called before the Pharaoh and he's exalted above everybody. Okay, exalted above everybody. This is what you need to realize. We may see, we may not see Joseph. Joseph was meant to be exalted above everybody. And wise is the man who sees the word of God is exalted above everything. You may see it, you may not see it, you may understand it, you may not understand it. But the reality is forever and ever, the word of God, God has exalted above everything. We have to learn to exalt the word of God and the name of God. Turn to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 to 10. Let this be mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God? Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. When you look at that point, he seems to have reached the bottom. And then scripture says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. So the word and the name has been exalted above everything else. You know, God has given us both. He given us his word and given us his name. Given us his name. And a church that has gone to sleep with the power of his word and the power of his name. So let's look at this word. Because the name alone is pointless without understanding the power of the word. I can use the name and my words can be totally contrary to the word of God. And most of our troubles we are going through is that we do not understand what the word is. Like, what is God trying to make us to think like him? As a man thinketh, so is he. God says, think like my son. Becoming like God actually means to have the mind and the attitude, the spirit of his son. So turn to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8, and then Matthew 24 and verse 35. One from the old and one from the new. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Word of our God stands forever. Now go to the parallel to what Jesus, when he comes on earth, he says, he personalizes this. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my, what what gumption, <laughs> what authority, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. It just after this is over, like I've been telling you, you know, a couple of times, few times I said, you know, because of this shutdown, the skies have cleared and you can actually see the planet Venus more clearly than I ever saw in India. Other places, mountainous countries, you can see everything very clearly. But here in Hyderabad, I have never seen Venus so clear. You know, Venus was there before we were there. Sun was there before Abraham was there. My father, our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers all woke up and saw the sun, saw the moon. But the sun and the moon will pass away. Will pass away. These are things that Control the destinies of billions from the time creation began. You know what he says? You will pass away. This, he says, will not pass away. Will not pass away. This is the authority of God's word. Everything will pass away. Everything you and I have done will pass away. except if it was done by the word of God and by the power of God it will all pass away Okay, so understand when we exalt and magnify the word and we keep preaching the word and speaking the word and talking the word what are we trying to tell directly, indirectly everything else we are putting and trying to do is a waste of time unless it is empowered by the word and the spirit everything will be second it will be gone Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. We know that. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and the bread to the eater. God is using an illustration. They can understand how climatic seasons and. Every year it repeats, it repeats, it repeats. But he says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. He says something. Let me tell you something. He says, my children, my word always accomplishes my pleasure. So you would be smart and be wise. You would check my word. It will always come to pass. And that's why the book of Revelation is the final book. It will come to pass. And anybody who does not read the book of Revelation is a total fool. That's one book among all the books where you are promised a blessing. If you read, obey, and walk in it. Because once you read it, you know the end. Once you know the end, you know how you need to keep on moving towards the end. He says, my word always accomplishes. Always accomplishes. It has never come back void. It has never come back void. And everything written in this has happened and will happen. The smart man and the smart woman. We have so many smart today. Smart appliances, smart cards and smart people. Everybody wants to be smart. But God says the really, truly smart men and women are those who spend time with this book. They are really smart. They are smarter than the smartest. They're really, really smart because this is a book that will never pass away. Never, never pass away. God says change according to this book. Align yourself absolutely, totally and cry out to God and say, Lord, make me as it is this. This is a revelation of you. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, if I'm right, I just wrote it. I think it's 18. Ah, 17. Not eighteen seventy the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. What did Jesus say when he come? Behold, I have come to do your will, O Lord. in the volume of the book is how he found the will of God. If God's own son, when he came in the flesh, found the will of his father in the book, how does how does his other sons and daughters find the will of God? What does the Bible say? He who does the will of God What does it mean? Heaven and earth will pass away That man and that woman will never pass away Because he fulfilling God's will In his or her life Okay Psalm 33 verse 6 Parallel 2 Peter 3 5 and 7 5 to 7 Psalm 33 verse 6 By the word of the Lord The heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Two things are there when I speak. One, there is breath. And second, there are vibrations, which is sounds, which reaches your ears. So there is breath, and there is sound. And that is primarily another way of explaining the Trinity. There is God, (laughs) there is the Word, and there is the breath, that is the Holy Spirit. And Scripture says, everything was made by the Word of the Lord through the Spirit, everything, by Jesus Christ, the word of God, everything was made by, if you go to 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 5 to 7, this is what Peter, moved by the Holy Spirit says, for this day, this day willfully forget, that by the word of the God, word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water and in the water. By which the world then that then existed perished being flooded with water. He says everything was by the word. The judgment, the creation. Everything was by the word of God. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word. Do you know why we are all preserved? Because it is the word of God that is preserving the good, the bad and the ugly. Everybody is being preserved by the same word. Why? Because God says it is not time yet. A reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of the ungodly men. Everything by the same word. And believers have been given. 21st century believers are very lucky, especially in the free world. They all have a copy of it. The word has been given. Everything was created by the word. Everything is preserved by the word. Until the time decided by the word has the power to do both, to create and to preserve and to destroy. In 1st Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 is the stunning beginning of all of us who were born again. Having been born again not a corruptible seed by the incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Think about it. Just for a minute, think about it. We heard so much about the word, how the word was in the beginning, the word created everything, all that. Just Think for a second that the word of God, that is God himself, Jesus himself, which created everything, is the actual word that birthed you and me inside. Is there inside that born again man has been created by that same word. Same word. Having been born again, not by corruptible seed. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever inside us. Something that has eternal has come inside. That is why scripture says the man who does the so will of God will live forever. Why? Because the of word of God. Now, what has to happen? That word of God we saw yesterday has seed has to grow and become the full man. Seed becomes a full tree. That word of God in us has to take over the full man. Rama, the word of God, creates both material. And spiritual things. There is a spiritual world entirely created by the word of God. There is material world created by. So spiritual things also can be created by the word of God. So when the word of God grows in you, you grow in love. You grow in peace. These are all spiritual things. You cannot measure it. You cannot touch it. When the word of God grows in you, these things which are spiritual also are being created in you. because These are all by the word of God. Both the spiritual realm and the physical realm, material realm, everything is by the word. That is why the prominence and the importance of the word. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, who? Jesus Christ. And upholding all things by the word of his power. He is upholding everything by the word of his power. We don't even realize everything in this universe is being held together by Jesus by the word of his power. That's a small portion of it. God has given it to us. And that's from where we preach. Hebrews 11.3 And those who have entered into faith, they believe. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We don't believe in evolution. Junk. We believe in creation. Absolute creation. That everything, the worlds, were framed by what? By the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. Everything, seen and unseen, everything was created by the word of God. And when the final judgment of this world takes place and Jesus comes, crowned with many crowns, with his tens and thousands of his angels and saints, his coming. Nobody knows his name. But we are revealed his name. In Revelation 19 and verse 13, we are given his name. What is his name? He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Why is his robe dipped in blood? That is the blood of his enemies. And his name is called the Word of God. Okay? When he came first, the Word became flesh. He came as a lamb. He was the lamb that would take away the sins of this world. When he comes a second time, he's still the Word of God. But this time he's not coming as a lamb. His robe is dipped in blood. He's coming as the destroying angel. He is going to come as the judgment of God upon this world. And what is that? The word of God. So a simple question this evening to all the dear ones who are listening, young and old, new believers, old believers, everybody. How do you and I see this book, the word of God? Let me tell you the danger of ignoring this book in your life. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus tells the nature of this book. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Everything we are running around worried about is connected with this flesh. He says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Please, he says, understand the nature of this book. Cry out, be poor in your spirit, like I said. and Cry out to the Holy Spirit every day, Lord, make this life for me. I don't want knowledge alone. I just don't want knowledge about God. I want knowledge of God. And I want that knowledge to become my life. Like the food we eat becomes life. That's why we are all walking around and sitting here. We don't see that food. It's gone, but it's not really gone. It has become something for us. It has become life. In the same way, Lord, let this become life for us. Otherwise, it is only knowledge about God. It doesn't save anybody. You see, when you go, imagine you are in a courtroom. Imagine this is a courtroom. And behind the desk, I am the judge sitting. Let us there. Pastor Vijay is there in the middle. He is sitting in the dock. And there is another person who is the witness the case is against. There is a judge, and there is a witness. The witnesses, okay. Very rarely will you ever see a courtroom where the judge is also the witness. Imagine a situation where the judge is the witness. You're finished. What? Do you, how can you argue with the judge? Because he says, "I was there at the crime scene." Oh, there are the, I saw him. You are finished. Okay. So when you have a courtroom where the judge is there and the witness is produced, it is based on that witness, either you are acquitted or you are condemned. So now turn with me to John chapter 12 and verse 48. He who rejects me, And does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. You know what it says? It says, this is my witness on that day. On that day, when you and I stand before God, and we are seated in the courtroom, if you are allowed to sit, this book will rise against us in witness. either for us or against us. It will acquit us or it will judge us. Same Bible, the words we have heard, the preachings we have heard, all which is according to the word of God is going to be involved on Judgment Day. Now, in the reading of it, in the hearing of it, In the preaching of it, are we receiving it or are we ignoring it? It becomes our witness. Did it become life or did we reject it? One day, the same word will become our judge. See, the judge is actually only pronouncing the verdict. You know that? Actually, everything he's pronouncing is according to the witnesses. You know that, right? The witnesses is standing for you or against you. The judge is only look evaluating the witnesses and they say, okay, this is the verdict. So actually, who is the one who is judging you? It's the witnesses. If the case is brought by the prosecutor and there are 10 witnesses, and the actual term, the 10 witnesses term hostile, meaning the case is lost. Because the witnesses are now for the fellow in the dock So the judge says case dismissed That's how all the big people escape Because if you notice them Cases were charge sheeted against them And either the witnesses died Or they turned hostile And they come out and say We have been vindicated by the law (laughs) They don't talk about the flaw in the law They have been vindicated by the law But there nobody is going to escape Nobody is going to escape there Please remember so for believers, it is not you're going to be sitting in the courtroom for judgment for condemnation. No, it's the judgment of your rewards. You see, in a courtroom, a witness can only testify. The witness has no power to judge. The judgment is with the judge. Can only testify. I. Solves, solemnly swear to say the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. And he says, but he says and he gets off. But people don't realize, this book, it is my witness. This will also be my judge. If people were to really know this is my witness and my judge, they would take it very seriously. Very, very seriously. If you ever been in a courtroom, when the judge enters, all rise. When the judge sits, everybody sits. I have to see how people, especially those who are chart-sheeted, stand in the courtroom. That's only once in my life I saw. Everything is in his hands. Young boy, a college kid, a caught. And he's standing there, shaking like this, pleading for mercy. It's an earthly court. And that is not even a sentence of death. One year, two years, that's all. Okay? Think about it. If only people know, this is my witness. On that day, the word of God will speak for me. It has become my life. Let us, let us say you have TV. What do the doctors say? Take an X-ray. And when the x-ray looks up and if your TB has been really, really bad and you did not know, the looks at it and says, what will he say? Half your lungs is gone. Right? What happens if there is a spiritual x-ray on the day of judgment and God will say, this is your life. 20% Christ, 80% you. This is the witness. 20% of this has become you. 80% is still you. 30%, 60%, 100%. 100% 100% he says, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. This is spirit and life. This is witness and judge. Therefore God will say, O Israel, hear and love. That's why we preach the word. 1 Corinthians one twenty-one. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. There are all kind of wise men in the world and in the church, sadly. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. He said, there's only one way people will be saved. What do you need to do? Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Because faith comes from? Well, like I said, God is an unbelievably compassionate God. Because he knows always in history, the majority could not read. But even if they could read, they could did not have access to the word of God. Even today, majority cannot read. Most of India cannot read. They don't have a Bible. Most of China doesn't have a Bible. Most Muslims cannot read. But word of God is being broadcasted through every media possible 20. it is going for, even we ourselves, such a small entity, we are now on YouTube, Facebook, Internet Radio, our website and podcast. 24-7 it is going on and everyone who is crying out to God without even realizing is tuning on to an FM radio, listening and, and they believe that's why I said this is the supernatural power of God. All a man or a woman anywhere in the heart has to cry out, Lord, reveal yourself. God does. He moves. He moves. I have told you testimonies of entire villages where people reached and found the entire village has come to the Lord without a single evangelist ever visiting. Because somebody heard a message on FM radio. Radio was there. No evangelist had ever visited. But somebody tuned in and heard God say it. And through that, the family and the whole village. So, gospel will be preached to the ends of the world and the end will come. Nobody even knows when that will be because nobody even knows. Gospel is not being preached by men on streets today or in crusades. Every crusade, every church service has been shut down anyway. The gospel is not stopping. It's going on 24-7. Nobody, because that's the final sign. Final sign is this. The gospel shall be preached to all nations and the end shall come. Who knows? Only God knows. Only God knows. Only God knows. Even the people who are broadcasting like us do not know. Because the majority of the people in all this nation are logging in through incognito mode. So they don't want to be tracked because the systems in those countries are watching who is listening. So there are so many ways you can log in and listen with nobody even knowing you are listening. So even a ministry itself will not know. Who is listening? Nobody. Only God knows. So, keep your hearts, your minds focused on God and do your day to day things, your job, your work, but let not it be there. Let it not be there. Let your heart and your mind seek you first the kingdom of God. Okay? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can I have that on the screen so that I will do my old classroom lesson once again? 6.33. This is not literature, this is spoken English. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We'll stop there. Okay, when we teach spoken English, we say when you read and when you speak, it is not the same. It's not the same. Faith comes from hearing. That's why hearing is important. If you don't hear, Your faith may not be appropriate. Okay? Like I used to teach my students. Okay? This is my new pen. This is my new pen. How many words? Five meanings. Five meanings. Depending upon how I say it. This is my new pen. Meaning, not the other one. This This is my new pen. This is my new pen. Meaning, it is not was. It's still mine. This is my new pen, meaning mine and not yours. This is my new pen, meaning this is my new pen, not old. This is my new pen, meaning not pencil, something else. So That's how we have to read this incredible statement Jesus made. But, okay, leave that alone. Seek first the kingdom of God. Then you stop at seek and go and say, how should I seek? The Bible will explain you how you will seek and how you will find. When you seek with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, then you will find. Stop there. Go next. Seek. Next, what is that? If you seek second, you will not find. Even if it's a close first, you will not find. You have to seek with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength first. Because you can seek with all your heart, all your mind, different things. But you have to seek first. What do you have to seek the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Not there are many, many kingdoms. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. And what? There are different kinds of righteousness. There's a righteousness that comes by the law. There is self-righteousness, different thing. But it says you seek that, you will not get it. You have to seek my righteousness that comes by faith and faith alone. You know when you that's why faith comes from hearing. That's why the hearing part is very, very important. Though you do your daily meditation and all, devotions, then there has to be meditation. It is when you meditate, the Holy Spirit will come and focus on one letter and say, stop there. Stop there. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And everything falls into place. People ask us, how do we study the Bible? Okay, We study the Bible differently. We'll teach you easy ways. But one of the ways, like, How do I prepare for a series of sermons? It's because when you are reading, suddenly the Holy Spirit focuses on one thing and zero sense is a word. You got it. Word. (laughs) Things start falling into place. What did you focus on? One thing, the word. I've exalted, I've magnified my word above. Once you get it, then you start working on it and it starts falling into place. So in each one of our lives, On particular days, particular stages, the Holy Spirit will bring focus to something from Scripture. Don't ignore that. Don't ignore that. Focus on that. And you will realize that is important to you. Important to you. Like they talk about symptoms of coronavirus. This symptom, that symptom. I have this symptom. Do I have to worry? Doctor will say, no, you don't have to worry. That's not part of this one. But if you have this, be careful. That's one of the symptoms. In the same way, don't just be casual readers of the Bible. This is life. This is life. Right? Like our parents used to do. You are late and you are running. You will say, okay, leave your bread and just eat the egg and go. Why? Because egg is protein. Take an egg and go. Leave the rest. Okay? Because mother knows the egg will make the child run. Till lunch time. It has got something which the rest of it does not have. Take an egg and go. Eat egg quickly and go. Okay. In the same way. Don't be just casual. Read this exactly as it is. It is life. It is life. And there is a God who will speak. And When He speaks, appropriate it through the Spirit till it becomes your life. That's the only we can navigate through these incredibly dangerous times we are going through. Only by faith and faith alone. Come to first Thessalonians chapter two and verse thirteen. How do I hear? two thirty. Once you have come to this point and you are focused on a preacher, okay, first I will tell you you have to be like the Bereans. Test every preacher out. Is he speaking according to the word? Does he exalt the word? Or his imaginations and feelings and jokes and making you feel good and telling you what you need and all the prophecies and his visions and his dreams, ignore them. Because God has not elevated any of the, If somebody could have talked about dreams and vision, Jesus could have. He never said, you know, I have a dream and I have a vision. He never said, listen to the word. Listen to this. You have heard? This is my interpretation. You have heard, this is my interpretation. This is the law, this is the truth. This is the law, this is the truth. An entire thing was around the word. If somebody walked, if any preacher who walked on earth magnified the word, it was he. Okay? Look at it. So first, once you have done it and you have understood, there are certain people alone who are, I mean, there are a lot of people who are listening. There's one guy in India, I'm not negating him or anything, but every day he will post one thing, says, the word of the Lord. What the Lord told me today. Who do you think you are? I will not come and tell you the word of the Lord for you today? That means God does not speak to people. Each one has to hear on their own. I will tell you, God has put a burden on my heart to teach you this. The rest is left to you. No preacher can control the lives of people. He preaches and leaves it. Because you have to hear, you have to believe. Faith has to work in you. Each one has to hear. But the preaching is our job. When people come around and say, I am, then it becomes very, very dangerous. Like I keep I told them. There is, Old Testament, there were prophets, because prophets were sent to Israel. And when that prophet spoke, he was speaking for, to the entire Israel, and that thing happened. But today, there are over 200 nations, thousands and thousands of language. There is no prophet. No prophet. Even if a prophet speaks in English, 99, 90% of the world doesn't even hear what he is saying. So there are no such prophets anymore. That's why the order changes in the New Covenant. In the New Covenant, the apostles are put first and the prophets second. What is the job of the apostles to establish churches and teach doctrine? Bringing people to the doctrine of Christ. So you have to be very, very careful about who you are listening to. Because this problem is this itching ears for knowledge and not for life. This an itching ear. I'm talking about good Christians. Itching ear is there for knowledge. And this is itching ear for knowledge which will take you off track. We have to be very, very careful before God. Lord, what I am looking for is your life. Your life. And here scripture says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. He said, I love you, Thessalonians. We came. We preached. Great affliction you received the word. But when we came and we preached to you, you did not receive our word as the word of men. You had good discernment. You received it as the word of God. Therefore, it is working in those who believe. Okay? And then this is the Thessalonian church. Incredibly good church. But later in the book of Acts, they said the Bereans were even more noble than. Because they also searched carefully with scriptures to see that his word agrees with the word of God. So the problem with prophecies is that when you give a prophecy about the pandemic, if it does not come to pass, you should be executed according to the law. Old covenant law. So prophecy cannot go wrong. Cannot go wrong. That's the danger of prophecy. Cannot go wrong. Cannot go wrong. And you look at all these prophets who claim they prophesied about this virus. Nonsense. Who prophesied about this virus? Who prophesied about this virus? The guy in Singapore saying two years ago, I preach, you, if you listen to the recording, in a one hour message, two years back, he uses the virus that is coming. The earth is full of viruses anyway. My question to that, if you are really prophetically warning, how come your church did not become the sign to the world? Everybody is sitting before the virus hit with mass. That's how clear the prophets of the Old Testament were. Absolutely clear. There was no shadow turning with any one of them. And I just said, heavens is locked up. It is locked up. And they prophesied it happened. Babylonian captivity is coming. It cannot be changed. You can do whatever you mean. You can put me in the prison. You can bait me. You could put me in the dry well. You can do whatever you want. It is coming. And it came. 70 years is over. That is how happened. 70 years is over for your people. Release is come. Release will come. And Gentile kings, kings who do not know the God of Israel are moved to send his people back. When they spoke, this happened. Today so there can all kind of people coming and saying they are prophets. You know, people who are not rooted in the word of God will go after these things. I'm not saying don't listen to them. disown them. Even the, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says, Uh, what does it say? Uh, Let two or three prophets speak. Word of God is prophet. But let the others judge carefully, test carefully. So be very, very careful. Very, very careful. Anybody you listen to has to put up. That's why I always go to these churches and say, why do they have all these screens and all kind of regards happening with this huge screen? You never see scripture coming up. What are these screens for? What are the screens for, if it's not for scripture? Screens are good. The bigger the screen, the better. The scripture will come in bigger fonts. Great! Everything else comes except scripture. Dance comes, worship leader comes, the jumping comes, then when the preacher is preaching, it's all kind of psychedelic colors at the back and all kind of heavens moving and planets moving and all. What do you think he is? Except scripture. The power doesn't lie in anything except in the word of God because God has exalted His word above all His name. And now He has exalted His name also above everything else. Please get this very, very clear. In His word, in this world, please understand, everything has its limits. Look at Psalm 119 and verse 96. Psalm 119, verse 96. Hasan come. I've seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. You know what he's saying that he says in humanity you can after, there's a limit to what man can do, perfection. In aerobics, you get a 10. After that, what do you get? It's nothing called 10.1. It'll 10. But when it comes to you, there is no end. There's nothing called perfection in you. Your commandment is exceedingly broad. Meaning, how long in eternity will be knowing God? All of eternity. There's no end to this. Everything man has done, there is an end. It's an end. Everything. But to God. The word of God. No end. And that's why we have to also be careful. I will see lots, lots of time I will see Christians, what they do is that, in their, what do you call it today? By the way, a lot of people text me and said, uh, Pastor Papu, your DP is very good. At first, I thought DP was Derek Prince, because I don't know your these things. You know what DP was? I think DP. I, was, I wanted to say, Derek Prince was always good. You changed your DP. I said I never changed Derek Prince. I still listen to him. You uh, know? So, but what do you call the other thing? Your status? It's, Christians put status. So some people said something. But whatever a man may say, is still just an opinion. The disease. His commandments are exiled. Why don't you put the word of God? Why do you want to lift up somebody's sake over there? Sometimes what somebody has said agrees with an idol in your heart and you just put it up. I would say, simple advice, stick to the word in your status. It is safe. Don't exalt anything above the word of God. Don't put status tomorrow the word of God and give the same status to the word of man. Stick to the word of God. So we saw this yesterday, right? The word of God. God has exalted his word above all his name. And Isaiah 66, two. For all those things my hand has made, God says. And all those things ex- says the word. How did he do? By his word. But on this one I will look. On him who is poor of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. And you know what has happened? That is gone. A lot of Christians everywhere have become like the Pharisees who followed Jesus. They are judging the word. Judging the word is one thing, meaning I want to see the authenticity of it. But sitting in judgment over the word is a different thing. I don't have that authority. I test the word. Casual. There's no fear of God in the way they are handling the word of God and listening to the sermons and the preaching. No. Very casual. And the problem is, you are like a, Pastor Vijay's usual illustration, you are like a blind man. In a dark room. Why? Because God doesn't look at you. God won't speak to you. He cannot direct you. Because He is not uh, giving, going to speak to me for my entertainment. Hmm, that's what our mother said, no? Stop playing with the food. Didn't they say? Stop playing with the food. It's not a toy. Eat it or leave it. Don't play with it. That's what we heard. Right? You think God is going to give us his word to play with it? Judging it is to examine it to see that what I take is true and not false. That's a different thing. But this casual attitude with the word of God, I tell you, God will not speak to you. He will, will not speak to me. If I'm casual with the word which I hear, he will not speak to me. Because he looks upon... He who trembles at my word. These are things which we need to understand. And God is truly, truly able to speak to any man, any woman, any child. His word. Any word. He's not speaking to your opinions. He's not speaking to your feelings. He speaks his word. And that's what talks about faith comes from hearing. And Jesus said, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that's the power of God's word. Power, incredible power of God's word. He says, if you believe in that, really with all your heart, all your might, all your strength, you can move that mountain. Think for a second. Just think for a second. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's dying. Last stages of his life. One fellow cursing, another fellow cursing. Then one fellow stops because he's listening to Jesus. And his last minute, he able to see something and he makes an appeal. Lord, when you come to your kingdom, remember me. Does he really know the scripture? Does he have knowledge about God? Nothing. But in that minute, he put his Faith, one little thing, that if you are the son of God, and I think you are, you have the power to save me. And that's all of that was needed. He escaped death and went to the other side safe. Sometimes, let me tell you, it is not our knowledge of the word that really matters. How much of it do we really, really believe? And you know, how it matters, how it shows, how we really believe, this happens. Tremble at His word. Very, very careful how you deal with the word of God. Because you know, on planet earth, you have something that represents God before you. is the word of God. So you're always very, very, very careful when you're listening to a message. Anybody's, even on a tape of a man who's died. Very, very careful. Music, everything else it is okay. But people pay much attention to movies and other things. And don't give their attention to the word you are preaching. Somebody is preaching. Very, very careful attention. You are listening very, very carefully. You are not casual about it. You not casual about it. Because you know, there are two things which God calls foolishness to the man who is perishing. One is the foolishness of preaching. The other is the foolishness of the preaching of the cross. The foolish, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to the man. Because what is the preaching of the cross? What is the cross? It's the death of the self, the poverty of the spirit. That's, it's foolish to the man who is perishing. You know how many people have died between the pew and the altar? How many people have died and gone to hell just between the pew and the altar? You know why? Because when an altar call was made, their self did not allow them before all these people to go and stand and say, I receive. What will people think of me? And they died right there and went to hell. (sighs) It was so close. But they looked at all around and says, What will people think? What will people think of me? Deep inside they know, I really do not know God. But before all these people, I claim to be a Christian. What will they think? They were more worried about what people think than what God thinks. That is why God's word says, a fear of man is a snare. It's a snare. People die literally in churches between the pew and the altar. Well, the word of God that can save you is very near to you if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. So close. So close. Knowledge and faith should go hand in hand. True knowledge is the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God brings this. Right? What did Peter say? His final words to man. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of God. Grow in grace and knowledge of, not about, of our God, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do you and I know? We are truly growing in the knowledge of God and in the grace of God. Hebrews 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving, if I am growing in it, the kingdom is growing. I am receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Even in the midst of this pandemic, it is not shaken. Let us have grace. How do I know I am growing in grace? Because we are serving God now with more reverence and more godly fear. And each one knows that. Each one knows that. These are things which others don't have to know. This is something which each one needs to know. If I am growing in grace and growing in the knowledge of God, my reverence for God and my fear for God and my attitude to the word of God is changing. It is changing. Because I realize, really, really realize, this is life. The Spirit of God and the Word of God is dealing with me. It is life. And it is changing. We are not scoffers. We are not mockers. Remember? Then the Word of God can work like a hammer. Otherwise, the Word of God can work like a hammer, but our heart only gets harder and harder, unbreakable. Then the only thing God can do is crush us one day. Destroy us. Hammer is working now, so turn to Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty six yesterday, what all did we see? We saw the word as seed, we saw the word as so uh, hammer, right We looked at the word, and we saw today how God has magnified, exalted his word. And we've looked at the word, how heaven and earth will pass away. His word is forever established. Everything else. So we have been given that word. The, how we need to be very careful about how we listen to the word. Meaning we go to God with reverence, with attitude, how we listen to the preaching of the word because it is foolishness or we act like a fool with the word. Only we are perishing. We're very casual about the word of God. That means we are perishing. And we are not being saved. Because the only thing that can save me in this life is the word of God. Nothing else. It saved me and is continuously saving me. Outside of the word of God, God does not save anybody. Understand that. Outside of the word of God, God cannot save anybody. He will not save anybody outside the word of God. So my attitude to the word is also an actual proof of my salvation. How I am being saved. So, Bible says, we looked at yesterday, the hammer, the seed. Another thing it says, he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. And we know that almost everything, especially these days, everything we use water to cleanse, right? Like, we almost believed yesterday Roshan bought a new car during lockdown, okay? Why? Because he washed his car we use water to wash, to clean anything, what do we use usually? Water. Everything. But God says it's only one way, not one way, different ways, but the primary way in which He cleanses us is through the Word. He washes, sanctifies us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us, the Holy Spirit cleanses us, but primary thing is the Word of God. Even if they had To be sanctified by the blood, the word has to come first. (laughs) The word has to be believed first. And the word by faith has to appropriate the blood and believe by faith that it is doing its work. It is the word. Without the word, the blood doesn't work. The spirit won't work. Okay? Ramba, the word. Everything. Let's turn to Exodus 29 verses 1 to 4. This is what you shall do to them, to hallow them for the ministering to me as priests. Who is this? Aaron and his sons. Take one young bull and two rams without blemish. Okay, They shall be offered as a sacrifice. This is the anointing. Unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil. You shall make them of wheat flour. So you will see there is blood, there is oil, and then you shall put them in one basket, bring them in the basket with the bull and the two rams. So there is an offering oil there is blood and Aaron and his sons you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and you shall wash them with water then only they become priests the okay, Old Testament picture for New Testament we are all born again into the kingdom of God becomes the body of Christ and he says you are a royal how do you enter into priesthood by constantly by the washing of the water of the word Aaronic priesthood was instituted. One of the things, the main things they had to do was, okay, the blood sacrifice is there. The oil is there. That's not enough. Bring to the table, then, and wash them. Why, why did they have to go through all these symbols? For our sake upon whom the ends of ages has come. Constantly we are washed by that. And you have to believe. These are all by faith. You have to believe. You have to believe the word of God cleanses you. Constantly cleanses you. The word, the word cleanses you and if you want to be, continue to be zealous for God's priest as God's priest we have to be continually be washed by his word right by the time Jesus finishes his ministry he has got only 11 people left 12th fellow is gone to betray and in John 15 verse 3 he looks at them and he says you followed me till the end These were the ones who heard him preach and preach, ask questions, cleared their doubts, preach, 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 heard, 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 believed, heard, believed, heard, believed. He told them, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are clean. The word of God has cleaned you. They are not saved yet, but they are clean. They will be saved in another three or four days' time. They will be saved very soon. But they are clean. Clean doesn't mean you are saved. But once you are saved, You should be clean. You see, it was very easy for them because once they were clean and they were saved, they were saved clean people. They only needed now the power to come. They're already clean by the word. And I've seen that happening in so many times in church and ministry. I've seen that happening in all those places I've been. There were people who were coming forcibly heard, 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 heard. They didn't believe. They heard, they heard, they heard, they heard. They liked the principles, this thing, appropriate. They were being clean. One day they believed. One day they believed now that another person is so still wrong, but he was a captain then. Now he's a full colonel somewhere in North India. And he came to me and said, You know, Pastor, <laughs> everything you taught all these two years, I understand it now. Makes sense. Understands." understand. So I said, what happened? I got saved. accepted Jesus. I got saved. It all makes sense now. It just fell into place. They were sitting there. And they were cleaned. And then they got saved. Okay. That's what the water of the word does. But these are practical things which people need to realize. Remember, in the last day, Satan knows his time is very little. He has come with great fury. Demonic hosts are being re- released. We read the book of Revelation, and all a lot of stuff is there. And we don't know are have they already been released? There are a lot of things we do not know. Those don't go by YouTube videos and people telling no and all. just. Ray your way through all this. We don't know what is happening. There are all kind of demol- You see, there are one set of angels who are locked down be- be- uh, underneath Euphrates. Okay, Now, if you look Middle East, that area is quiet. Meaning, are they released? Because all these years, that was the most troublesome. One shot, Trump came and quietened them. That means they must have been released. They are not troubling Middle East anymore. Euphrates Basin is quiet now. So, as a demonic host who have been chained for thousands of years, been released from them, there are a lot of things that are going to happen in the last days and you will realize people are blinded, depressed, discouraged. And no, nobody knows what's happening. You know, it's a demonic powers are increasing. And God says, you know, how do you stand? I've given you my word given. This is one of the practical things which I tell people. They said, you remember Jesus' last ministry, final ministry. He put it wrapped a towel around his waist and he got all his disciples together and he washed their feet. And when he came to Peter, Peter said, You cannot wash my feet. And he said, if you do not wash my feet, you have no part in me. Stunning statement. Okay, but these are things which he didn't understand, then later understood. But we understand now spiritually what it means. Then he said, then wash my whole body. Jesus said, no, you don't need it. So you get baptized only once. A believers' baptism only once. You don't have to get baptized over and over. The bath symbolically means baptism. Washing of your feet means something else. Why? This is the part of my body that goes into the world. That is why his ministry begins with six parts of earthen pots with water, which was kept to wash feet. Okay, that's where it begins. So that's the part of the world, because those days nobody is wearing boots and socks and all, they are all wearing sandals and dusty, dirty roads. You come everywhere, water is kept. So it signifies that part of my soul, the feet signifies that part of my soul that goes into the world and picks up all the spiritual viruses, Thoughts, opinions, ideas, offense, everything has been picked up and you come home. When I go on mission, this is what I tell. Because these are simple people from the village and all countryside. And they will sit through the whole. I said, these are things which you have to do. When you come back, all of you have a simple phone? Yes. You have a phone? At least mp3 player on your phone? Yes. Okay. You all have it? No? Yes. This is what you need to do. When you come back home, after you have washed your feet or whatever, when you come back home, do this always. Either put on spiritual music or put on a message before you do anything. Make your tea, take your snacks, but sit there and listen. What are you doing? You are allowing the water of God's word cleanse your soul. Cleanse. Every day, when you wake up in the morning, when you end your day, allow the word of God to cleanse you, cleanse. Practical things. You will see a depression doesn't hit you because your soul is being cleansed. And focus on that, and sing along. Today, what all we have—simple, practical things for people in the countryside, in the villages. Take, believe. The Word of God has the power to cleanse. The washing of the water by the Word. No, it doesn't matter how dusty the world was, how humid it was, how sweaty, mucky, the first thing you come under the shower, you feel good. Under the shower you feel good. So will your soul. Only thing you don't do it. My word has the power to do that to your soul, what the water has the power to do to your body. And sometimes when your whole body is aching, you know, my wife used to always say, What does she say? I wish we had a bathtub. (sighs) Because she was used to bathtubs. We are used to buckets. <laughs> and you know, it's really. You no? Know, have you been? Put warm water, like almost hot, and lie in that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You come back, you feel good therapy. Sometimes you need to soak in God's word. Soak in it. Soak in it. It's the power of God. says, Lord I believe. I want to soak in it. You know how do you soak? How do I? I will tell you. How do I soak in it? I put the headphones on, and really increase the volume so that even the phone rings I don't hear. I will say, "Where are you? Where are you?" I said, "I had my headphones on. I don't want to hear any other voice. I don't want to hear anything. Just your voice alone, oh Lord." You may increase the volume. Shut every. You know what I want to do? I want to soak myself in the preaching of the Word. Or the, songs which I really know are powerful the lyrics are according to the word of God or a message or the word of God itself. And you realize we can handle this pandemic we can handle these issues of life. Your word oh Lord is life your word is life that's that's just not even people teach us to pray Jesus said this is how you pray but I will tell you there are powerful people who pray I tell them you know what you need to do Put on the headphones and pray along with them. this may be recorded. It doesn't matter. Pray along with them. You have prayed with them for 7 days, 8 days, 14 days. You have learned to pray. Why did they ask Jesus to pray? Because he was a maestro when he's coming to pray. Who do you go to learn from? Somebody who's a master, right? You know, all these, there are people. There are people. There are people. And you learn from these greats. And you say, Lord, I want to pray. I want to pray. Teach me how to pray. Like we tell worship leaders. Listen to Really good godly worship leaders. They have a way of leading worship. Learn from them. Learn from them. And realize, okay, this is, and then you, you, you understand how it is. See, everything is there. Only thing is that we spend our time watching news, reading newspapers, reading map, magazines, watching nonsense. And then it's, I am depressed. And then what do you do? Waste our time. Which should be spent on people who are really oppressed and struggling. Really oppressed and struggling. Oh, no? That is how you carry the burden. And this is all things that are in the word. And God says you are clean. He will feel clean because of the word. Clean because of the word. Clean because of the word. And let's go to Psalm 119. And words 105. One one nine one is the first text I wrote in my ancient Bible. I've been carrying it for almost half my life. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And you know one thing. Without light, we see nothing. Right? We can try it, but we are on a live broadcast. Otherwise, we can put up all the lights and you will see, you see nothing. Meaning, the man or the woman who does not have the word in them, is walking in darkness. They see nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's as simple as that. See nothing. Thought his word, we see nothing. That's why God is called light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And when his life becomes our life, that is when we become the light of the world. It's not that I am the light of the world. He said you are the light of the world. That doesn't mean we become automatically the light of the world. When his word becomes our life, then we have appropriated his life. His life has become our life. When people see us, they realize this is truth and I am error. So God says two kinds of reaction will well. To some people, what are you? You are the aroma of life. To others, you are the smell of death. Either they will love you or they will hate you. Without light, we see nothing. It is light that causes you and me to see. Right? God says, my word is light. He said, people without the word are living in darkness. Go to Psalm. No, Isaiah. 60? Which one is that? People living in darkness. Sixty, one 1 and 2, 60 Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of God is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness the people. What do you think? Sun is not going to rise? No. Absolute, total darkness. Inside, total darkness. But the Lord will arise over you. What does that mean? God will shine a torchlight on us from heaven? No. The word of God is taking over our life and our mind and our soul. Completely taking over. This is a spiritual reality. The one side spiritual darkness is taking over nations. Another side spiritual light is being flooded into his people who are growing in grace, who is growing in the knowledge of God. And the difference will be visible. In every situation, how you react and they react. Even in offices, they'll be able to react. One side is panicking. Oh, will I lose my job? Other side, my God will take care of me. One side, you are put on the bench. They are put on the bench. You are also put on the bench. They are sitting, biting their nails. You are cool. Because you know who sits with the bench with you. Your Lord is always with you. So why should you bite your nails? It's, it's, it will be evident everywhere. The way you live your life. Light is shining. They see. How we face death. How we face disease. How we face life. How we face relationships. How we face everything. Loss. Pain. Suffering. Everything. There is a, there's a world of difference in each of these things. How light faces it. And how darkness faces it. There is a light of difference. When tragedy comes. If you are dark, you pull your hair and you you roll around like you have lost everything, no hope. But David arises. Arises. Everybody falls. He rises. What a man! Goes, takes a shower. I will not go like a mourning man into the house of God. No, he says no. I will go like a celebrating man to the house of God. House of God is for celebration, it is not for mourning. Because my God is alive. He's not dead. My son is dead. My God is not dead. What a man. What a man. How does he go? Celebrating. Washes his clothes, so washes himself, puts on new clothes, and even anoints himself. What did Jesus say? When you fast, don't fast like these Pharisees. You look at them, you know they are fasting. He says, anoint yourself. Don't even show anybody. He has been fasting for seven days. Don't even show them any sign of anything. Anoints himself. Goes there, worships, and comes and breaks his fast. That's the difference between light and darkness. In every situation, how we react. In darkness, remember, there is stumbling and there is falling. Stumbling and there is falling. In darkness, remember, at every corner, deception hides. There are traps laid in darkness. There are no traps laid in light. Every trap is laid in darkness. The poor animal comes. And <laughs> gone. Because it was dark. Deception itself is darkness. It's a snare. You know how it happens? God says, if you walk in darkness, you will be snared. If you walk in light, you won't be snared. The entire world is covered in darkness. And the devil is setting up snares everywhere. And he says, my people will walk in light. And I am their light. And my life is your light. And your, your life will be others' light. Please understand this. If you are born in darkness, and you live your life, all your life in darkness, then darkness becomes your reality. That's what has happened to the world. The world is born in darkness, lives in darkness, and darkness is their reality. That's why scripture says the word is light. And scripture says, God is light. And eternity without God, eternity without God, is called outer darkness. Right now the world is not in outer darkness, it is in inner darkness. Inner darkness meaning there is still light. The presence of God is still there. A breath away, a call away, a cry away, a prayer away. So it's inner inner darkness. You know, like 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the evening, there's still light. There is still light. We are still in. The whole world is still is in darkness, but not outer darkness. There is still light. God is there. The spirit of God is there. The word of God is there. The people of God is there. But there is a time coming in eternity. There is no light at all. Absolutely no light at all. It is called outer darkness. Absolutely total Darkness. Nothing. That's one place in this universe from where God will withdraw his presence completely. From what he has not withdrawn, It's there. You may feel it. You may not feel it. That doesn't mean God is not there. There is a place that is coming. It's a strange place. It's called the lake of fire and we associate fire with light. It will be fire without light. It will be fire without light. There will be heat but no light it will be absolutely dark. Morally, spiritually, physically, whichever way you want to talk, absolutely pitch dark. That's life without light. All these pictures are there in the Bible before the final plague, three days of utter darkness. Malayalam has the incredible word for that in Malayalam translation. Kani bhagvicca meaning darkness you could feel. I can touch this. The darkness that covered Egypt for three days, you could touch it. That scripture says the Egyptians could not move from their place. Move from the place. The darkness was so thick. And what is darkness? Absence of light. That's right, right? Absence of light. And we look at all these pictures and we say, Lord, I got this. And I'm wasting my time with other things. Other things. And all the stuff I'm wasting my time is actually darkness. Preaching of darkness. All TV programs, almost 99% of TV programs, what is it? Preaching of darkness. All the stuff we are spending time on. You have to do your job, your work. I'm not talking about that. The time we spend unnecessarily. What is all? entertainments of darkness, works of darkness, all <laughs> oh, darkness. And God's people are, that's why we looked at it yesterday, right? Walk circumspectly, carefully, for the days are evil. Redeem the time. I uh, Given this illustration, now it's camera, I can view it even more better. Have you seen a fence or a wall on which those glass pieces have been put? Have you seen a cat walk on it? You it will walk without cutting itself. We can't walk. The cat walks. He just walk carefully. Every place there is a snare put for you to get you. Everywhere. And how does he catch you unawares? We just look at your time. And suddenly you will wake up and realize, Oh my gosh, I just wasted my time. The day is already over. What did I do? What did I do? Right? Look at it. Today is May the 13th. That means from we started, 54 days are over. And people who are sitting in their homes should ask, what did I do for 54 days? We know what we did. We studied and we preached twice a day, sometimes three times a day. What did you do? 54 days. And suddenly on the 55th day, you realize, oh, I wasted my time. I'm going to study my word for tomorrow. And the government says lockdown is over. And you realize, oh, Lord, 54 days I had. I woke up on the 50th day and lockdown is over. I will never get this time like this again. What did you do? Has your "Word life changed? Has your prayer life changed? Can you say I prayed more during these 55 days? If you're not a preacher, can you say that I prayed more during these 55 days than ever in my life? Because I had time on my hands. What a waste of time. I studied the word more than ever in my life. What a waste of time. Because in this life, life is equal to time. If you want to measure life, 67, like we all look now, we were shocked when we looked. Oh, Revisac is only 74. I thought he was in his 80s. He's only 74. Yeah, what a life well lived Right? Look, how do we, how do you measure life? 77 years old, 74 years old. 80 years old, that's out. No know, born dead in one line. Signifying the time you look. The question is, what do you do with your time? Something which I tell on my mission trips to the simple people. I tell them, you know, don't worry about where you came, whether you are learned, educated, whether you are a laborer, whether you are a plumber. None of these things matter to God, okay? King or beggar. One thing common about all of them. You know what? You all get only 24 hours. Queen Elisabeth doesn't get 25. The beggar on the road doesn't get 23. Everybody gets 24. The beggar on the road and the king on the throne has the same book given. The beggar doesn't get half a book and the king gets two books. No, Everybody gets the same book. The king on the throne and the beggar on the street gets the same spirit. What you did with your time, with the book and the spirit is what the judgment there is. Equal. No partiality with God. Absolutely no partiality with God. So he tells the poor, you who are poor I have made you rich in faith. Because you are not distracted by all the pleasures of the world and the riches of the world. The love of ease. No. You who are poor, I have made you rich in faith because the gospel is for the poor. For the poor. I still remember that trip. I went to that unknown area in Nepal. My gosh, it was some trip. Bridges were gone. You know, transport inside this thing, you know, like, let us imagine we and our team are going and there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8 of 8, 9 of us in a Marathi Omini. And 3 people in the front. And I get the most luxurious seat. In the middle, in the front. (laughs) That is Nepal. There are some places there are roads, there are no roads. And then you have to walk across bridges in the night. In the night, me and my team, with this light at 10 in the night, got over. And with this light, we crossed the river. The bridge that is swinging like this across the river, one mountain to another mountain. Over there, two pastors are waiting who carried our bags. We walk one hour in dead dark at 10 in the night, reaching a place to go to preach. And I am exhausted. Reach over there. After one hour, one auto is there. Into that auto, everybody gets And where is this hotel? And I, I remember very distinctly when I was packing. I had no clue. These this places, everywhere I go, I like Paul goes. No, you don't know where you are going. You just go because you told you, go. I remember distinctly when I was packing, the Holy Spirit said, take a sheet. Now, I don't pack sheets because always you think you're going to stay in a hotel. I didn't pack a sheet. Then, if you reach this town, I realize this is the only transport in that town, one auto. And you reach a hotel. Hotel is like typical one, this thing, you know, open the lady, she wakes up and says, okay. And the poor local pastor said, this room is okay for you. I didn't say anything. You know, your servants of God, you never complain. Okay, you put this light on. So, you look over there and you realize, oh Lord, what have I ended up in? I said, it's okay, okay, no problem, it's all fine. The first thing that you do at 11 in the night is fill the buckets and wash the bathrooms, everything. Because you can't even enter into these places. Then you realize the mattress is like stone. Pillow you can't put your head on. Then I hear the Holy Spirit say it again, didn't I tell you to take a sheet?" Next day you walk, walk, walk and find one small tin shed little church. And you realize the pastors are all there. And you know what? They all have walked 7 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours to come because for the first time in so many years a servant of God has come there to teach them the word. Nobody wants to go there. Then they tell us, we have been fasting and praying for you to come for one year. Kathmandu is 24 hours away. From there also nobody comes. Then I said, thank you, Lord, it's worth it. three days from morning till night I teach. Then Saturday is uh, holiday in there and Saturday they are supposed to uh, have their services. So Friday morning they are all supposed to go back because they have to walk back. Sat so Thursday night they said, can you come early in the morning on Friday and teach us till at least 10 or 11? Then we will walk back. I said, of course I'll come. You want to tell me that the word of God does not have power? People are not hungry. The gospel is not preached to the poor. It's not preached to the poor. Of course it is preached to the poor. That's what God is talking about. Eternity without God is eternity without light. Sometimes it's good to switch off all the lights, pull all the thickest curtain, and sit there in utter darkness and realize what is life without God. And think, how long would you like to sit like that in that darkness? Say, Lord, I don't want to be in darkness. God says, I am light. My son is the light. Matthew 8.12 But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who are these? Sons of the kingdom. The kingdom was for the Jews. They were the ones who were called first. But they thought the works of the law was light. God said it was darkness. Nobody will enter into my kingdom based on your good works. They refused to accept the work of God on the cross. So what happens to the sons of the kingdom? Everybody now and then. Caught in religion, they will be cast into outer darkness. And there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, one of the things which you have need to understand, once the limitation of this body is taken away, whether you are in heaven or in hell, there is no weakness. So what does it mean? You will weep all of eternity. You will gnash your teeth all of eternity. Somebody said, if you lost your teeth on earth, don't worry. He will give you dentures there to gnash. Limitation is our body. Our body gets tired and goes to sleep. And we still dream because the soul is not tired. Please understand what eternity is like. You didn't understand it. In hell, you don't get even the luxury of a nap to forget your darkness, your suffering. You don't even get that the luxury of a nap. At least the suffering, poor man on earth, he will drink and he will sleep for 12 hours and wake up and then his suffering begins again. At least he gets the luxury of a sleep to forget. You don't get that luxury also without God. Without God. Understand what... God. Only when you see all these things, you will understand the incredible sacrifice of Jesus Christ to get people, man, woman, child, to the Father. Don't go. Broad is the way. leads to destruction. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the path that leads to life. Very few find it. Stay there, stay there. All around there are traps set, deception set. Don't believe in yourself. That's what the world says. Believe in yourself. Don't believe in your works. Don't believe in your opinions. Don't believe in your feelings. Don't believe in any of these things. Believe in the word. I have magnified my word above all, my name, and I have given you a portion of it. It's not the whole word. That means God can be contained in a book. No. What we need for this life is here. Exalt it above everything else. Let your joy be real joy and not false joy. Let your peace be real peace and not false peace. The devil can duplicate everything. If you're not walking in the word. Everything can get duplicated. And tell me, tell you, the devil duplicates whatever is valuable in the kingdom. Yet nobody duplicates a 10 rupee notes. 2500. Because they are valuable. Everything that is valuable in the kingdom of God, be careful he can duplicate. So even in your soul, test it with the word of God. Is my peace genuine? My joy genuine. Spirit of God, Word of God, test me. Test me, Lord. Right, Pastor Vijay? Mathematical, brilliant, right? Yet, where in the exams when you get you looked at the question and you realize you didn't know the answer. Right? So many times, right? You think you know everything until the question paper comes. You look at it, oh, I thought this was a 100% exam and then you look at it and you realize, I don't know this. There's so many people, all of us sometimes walk so false confidence. There's only one man who walked with 100% confidence. Because he didn't live his life, he left led his father's life. Matthew 25, 30, last scripture for today. Not last scripture, last but one. And cast that unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who is this? Unprofitable servant. This is the Christian who thought his faith was real when he had no works. Huh? He had made a confession and he thought the confession will get across but he did not have the life. Faith without works is? So God asked him, where is your works? I gave you a talent, right? Show me. He said, I didn't do anything with it. He said, throw him out. Your life is false. It's fake. You confess with your mouth. You didn't believe with your heart. And you didn't allow my Holy Spirit to operate through you. Throw him out. It's a false faith. He's got nothing. Confession without works. Throw him out. You see that? False faith. Matthew twenty two thirteen. 13. The king said to the servants, Bind him, hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing. Who is this fellow? Who tried to enter the wedding feast without the dress? Who tried to sneak in? Pretending he was saved when he was not saved. scream out King's eye will, nobody will escape his scrutiny. The sons of the kingdom, the fellow who made it till the wedding feast, <laughs> The fellow who said, I believed and I confessed, but no works. Everybody. Because the life of Christ is real. The life of God is real. What is God looking for? He's only looking for His Son in us. You either have your Son, or you have to be judged for your sin. One or the other. If you don't have the Son, then only sin. If you have the Son, get in. Get in. The only thing that is acceptable is the life of my son. And if that son is there inside, if his life is there inside, God says, you are the light of the world. In him was life, and his life was the light of man. Shall we look at the last words and close? 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. And we will pray. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. And in him, Is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What does it, what does that word seven mean? What does it mean? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, why should I have? Why should I have fellowship with one another? I'm walking with him, right? God says you cannot walk with him without walking with your brother. What does it mean? It means if you're really walking in the light, when I have offended Roshan, yes, Roshan, can I have your hand? I will tell Roshan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what happens? The blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin, and you're back in the light. Because the light is the one that shows darkness. Right? Why do you have all these lights? Because you are on TV and you need more light to focus on me. And what happens? I discovered myself after I came on YouTube. What my face looks like. Because I have never seen so much light on my face. Hmm? You know what light shows up? It shows up areas in which we have no fellowship with God of fellowship with man. It shows up. Entire Bible hangs on two hinges. Love God, love man. It is not about anything else. It's about relationships. Everything is about relationships. Love God, love man. And this light will show. It will show. The whole ten commandments is also divided into two. 1 to 4, love God with all your heart. 5 to 10, love man with all your heart. As simple as that. That's why that lawyer was good. He said, how do you it? He said, this is a fantastic answer. You got it. One shot. He said, He's a good lawyer. He practiced well. Yeah, I don't know whether he practiced well. At least he learned well. Are we getting it? This is the gospel. This is the gospel. And as we walk in that, no condemnation. We are fine. God is not saying you have to have intimate fellowship with everybody. He says, no. Within where I have placed you, walk in love. Walk in the light. No. We don't have to worry. God has put us all in families and in spiritual family. We have a church. We have our own families. And you have to look at it, how you walk among them. Hold nothing in your heart. Renounce it all. And walk in fellowship with God with man. And God says you are walking in the light. Because God is light. On the other hand, you are walking in darkness. Then you say you have fellowship with Him. You lie. You lie. You do not practice the truth. Amen. Shall we pray. Father God, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for today, tonight, Lord. We come all these days. Meditating upon your word. We just want to say, Lord, continue to strengthen us, Lord, through your word. So many people, Lord, need strength even to confess. They're so scared to put right things with God or with man. And I pray everyone will be led by your spirit and not by their emotions and feelings. Because only the spirit can show us the truth. Only the word can show us the truth. I pray for all these dear ones around the world who are listening. Who have come out of such terrible relationships. Terrible situations. They don't have to go to those ones who abuse them. They just have from their hearts just forgive them. And let go. And be God, be God. And the the light of God. The truth of God. The love of God will flood their hearts and their souls. And each time they do it, they'll feel the deliverance of God in their lives. Everyone. They'll be able to walk with God. And hear clearly. Hear clearly. Because we have a living God, a God who speaks. And the word of God won't be a boring book. The preaching won't be a tiring word. We too, like the psalmist will say, I was glad, very glad, when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. We too would be able to say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Yes, and anything else where we can meditate in your presence, sing praise, worship, hear your word day and night, because the word is about you. The glory of God. The glory of light. The horror of darkness. And eternity without you. We are children of light. And your word is light. And I pray all those who are hearing. Would choose your word. Your light every day. Of their life. Allow the word of God to cleanse them. Constantly cleanse them. The word of God flood their life and their sight that they walk in the light. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I speak healing. I speak strength. I speak deliverance into every life, everyone who's hearing. The word of God go forth and heal you of your infirmities. Let the word of God go forth and deliver you of your situations and your bondages. The word of God cover you, and envelop you, and move the mountains in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen.